Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. You know, I've been thinking about it, and that's why I decided to preach on this, that that all the causes that there are in the world, have you noticed there's, there's like a, a cause a week that comes up and people get behind, there's, there's Earth Day and then there's this day and then there's that day and there's so many causes that people are obsessed with and they get behind and then they promote those causes as though they are righteous and there's this attempt in the world to point out the faults of others and to present causes and to make themselves righteous. The question I ask myself is this, are people actually righteous? Because is our world becoming obsessed with presenting themselves as righteous, and here's the other thing, as making the church look unrighteous? And if you guys have noticed that, especially leaders, the world comes across as righteous and then talks about the church as though it's unrighteous. And we've got to understand this whole concept of righteousness. Now, I'll give you the title in just a moment, and I do think the world is becoming very self-righteous. Now, some time back, I quoted a book by Brent Hansen, a very, very good book worth reading. It's called The Truth About Us, and I want to read a longish excerpt from it, so stay with me here, lean in, don't get distracted. He says here that the researchers at the University of London concluded that a substantial majority of individuals believe themselves to be morally superior to the average person. And, 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 and it says, and this illusion that we have is uniquely strong and prevalent. He goes on to say, most people strongly believe that they are just, virtuous, and moral, yet regard the average person as distinctly less so. In other words, I'm better than you. And uh, he says, our goodness is our biggest self-delusion, and all of us seem to be living with it. Then he gives a, a, a scary example uh, that researchers did in 1970 when pantyhose was still popular. And uh, they stood outside a department store with samples of pantyhose and they stopped ladies in the street and they asked them, feel these three samples and tell us which one is better. And I'm quoting from the book here, the people will say, this one's clearly better, this one is softer, this one is certainly much better quality. And then what they did is they kept the women there and they did this research with several of them. And then they said, ladies, we want to tell you something. All these pantyhose are in fact exactly the same. Now, here's the weird thing. He says in the book, you'd expect people to go, oh, really? Gosh, you fooled me. He says they double down and they start arguing with the people that are doing the research, and they argued with them saying, no, they're not. They are different. And you know what? When you think you are right, when you think you are righteous, you actually double down and you become self-righteous. And there's a massive danger of self-righteousness. We used to think that Christians were the only ones who were self-righteous. That's not true. The world is becoming more and more self-righteous and then pointing out the church as unrighteous. So I want to speak to you today, and uh, I've entitled the message, Five Kinds of Righteousness. It's not a how-to message. It's a to-know message. Because when you understand the five kinds of righteousness, you as a Christian will understand your place, because the first three are wrong kinds, the last two are the kinds that God wants us to have. 
and I'm going to deal with it. And, you know, it's so important for us to be, to, to be conscious of how this works. Now, Jesus clearly came across people who had a wrong kind of righteousness, a self-righteousness, and he addressed it. And I want to read from Luke before we look at these five righteousness. Luke 18 and verse 9, and it starts by saying, to some. In other words, there were people in the crowd, there were people around that Jesus identified, to some who were confident of their own righteousness. Notice that phrase, their own righteousness, and looked down on everyone else. Jesus told this parable. Now, I've mentioned this parable numerous times, but it has to be mentioned again today. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Religious, non-religious. The Pharisee stood by himself. Notice, when you're self-righteous, you remove yourself from people. And he prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. By the way, those are both good things to do. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus speaking says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. Now notice this, for all who exalt themselves on social media will be humbled. And those who humble themselves, wherever, including social media, will be exalted. You see, to this group of people, Jesus is actually saying here, the sum, he was talking to those who are typical today, who say, at least I don't. Hmm? At least I don't get drunk. At least I don't sniff cocaine. At least I don't drive a V8. At least I recycle. And we all use certain things to present ourselves to each other, let alone to God, as more righteous. I pay taxes. I wear a mask. I don't discriminate. But what about what goes on in the heart? Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the Russian author described our problem that we've got in our world because it's, you know, it would be easy if we could just separate people into good and bad, wouldn't it? Be so easy. They're good people and they're bad people. Ten ways you can describe a good person, ten ways you can describe a bad person. But he explains something interesting here and it's got such a way with words. He says, if only it were all so simple, if only there were evil people somewhere insidiously committing evil deeds and it were necessary only to separate them from the rest of us and destroy them. But the dividing good, sorry, but the line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being. In other words, no one is good. There are traces of good in us and traces of evil in us, and it's very hard to be righteous in your own estimation. So let's look at the kinds of righteousness. Number one is a tragic righteousness, and it's sadly prevalent even in the church, fake righteousness. People who pretend to be good, kind, charitable, helpful, caring in order to get the better of you. Listen to me today. People who pretend to be green in order to make profit when in fact they are not green. And people today pretend and put forth a fake righteousness in order to impress people. It's amazing. I was reading about this woman who rescues horses. She goes to people and rescues these horses, and she rescued 50 horses, but later they found she actually sold them to a slaughterhouse in Mexico for meat. So came across in order to gain advantage, but then used that 
uh, advantage for herself. And she was trusted. Why? Because she seemed to get behind a righteous cause. You know, today people are proclaimed to be righteous. Actors and actresses get behind every cause they can. Why? So they can come across as righteous. Why? So they can get sales. That's a problem today. It's a huge problem. I've been reading about cleaning liquids and products, and there's a pan that we have at home. It's called a greens pan. It's so green. The metal is green, and the coating is green. But they found out the FDA, that's the American uh, Food Association who deals with all these things and processes them, they've actually found out that these pans, the metal is actually toxic to animals, people, and the environment. Now, if you've got one, don't worry. Keep using it. But don't pretend you're something that you're not. You'll remember the debacle with emissions, with all the cars that uh, fitted these catalytic converters, but then they had a little gadget, and when they were tested, the emissions were low. But then actually, when the car was used in the real world, it didn't really have. They pretended to be righteous. Why? So they could come across as the best car. And uh, even people who drive battery cars, drive a battery car, no emissions, and they feel so righteous driving their battery car. But where did the power come from? It came from a coal-fired power station. So you're not currently emitting, but you are emitting. So don't act righteous. When I come past in my V8, it's a wrong form of righteousness. Sad thing, man. Even Nestle chocolates, they put on the chocolates that they're sustainably sourced. But the FDA did an examination, and they found that in West Africa, they've got no, no, um, uh, uh, thing in place. Let me read it to you here. It says the cocoa supply chain in West Africa has virtually no environmental standards in place. So they come across and want you to buy their chocolate, but they're actually pretending. They call, there's a word, they call it greens washing. It's a term that companies use so they can come across as more righteous so that they can get your money from you. Some of you may have used the cleaning liquids called Simply, Glean, Simply Green Cleaning Products. The FDA actually say that the substances in that green stuff is actually harmful to your health, harmful to your hands, and harmful to your pets. But they come across. You see, it's a righteousness that's, it's a fake righteousness. Now, many of you would have heard that Christians are called hypocrites. Have you heard that? You may have been called a hypocrite. But you know, the, the word hypocrite is very interesting because it comes from the Greek theatrical mask or stage actor. Do you know that most of the people in the world today are putting on a mask and pretending and acting, but it's a fake righteousness, and it's to make you believe that they are better than they actually are. Let's not be Christians who get caught up in fake righteousness, and let's have a discernment for what's fake around us. Number two, the second kind of righteousness is a righteousness of our own. That's how the Bible describes it, and I'm describing it here as the Bible talks about it, and the Apostle Paul says he had a righteousness like this. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's what's called, if you want to write it down, a religious self-righteousness. It's where you decide that you're going to follow certain rules and laws. You might not even have a relationship with God. You might be a religious person, so you think you're really good. I'm quite religious, you know. And so you have follow all these rules and regulations. You wash your hands. You don't eat this. You go here. You go there. You observe all sorts of stuff. But it's actually, it's a righteousness of your own making, a religious self-righteousness. Are you with me? And to, to explain it to you properly here, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 4 is where we find it. Paul writing here says, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. 
Now he lists all his credentials. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. We read about that earlier. For zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness based on the law, faultless. In other words, I was perfect in my religious self-righteousness. But he says, whatever gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, isn't that a strong word, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, watch here now, not having a righteousness of my own. Can you see it? That comes from the law, from observances, from religious rituals, but that which is through faith in Christ, he has a different righteousness, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Now, all Christians display a righteousness at times. We do this, we don't do that, we don't drink, we don't get drunk, we don't smoke dope, we don't take cocaine, we don't sleep around. We, we, we talk about our values, but it's not a self-righteousness, we're better than you. It's because we're observing what God says and trying to live according to it. But that's not what gets us into heaven. You see, every religion, can I say that? Every religion in the world operates on this righteousness, a righteousness of their own making. Rules, laws, rituals, washings, all sorts of things, so that there's a hope that they'll get into heaven. Paul had that, but he says it's a righteousness of your own. It won't get you into heaven. It's actually garbage. You need a righteousness that comes from God. And so we need to understand that our good works don't get us into heaven. They don't earn us credits with God. And through religious observance, you can never be good enough to get into heaven. That doesn't mean you mustn't go to church, and that doesn't mean you mustn't be good and follow God's law. I'll come to it in a moment. But it's a righteousness of our own. And here's the thing, it always falls far short of God's requirement. In Isaiah 64 and verse 6 it says, We are all infected and impure with sin, even churchgoers. When we put on our prized robes of righteousness, we find that they are but filthy rags. So there's no good trying to work hard to try and get into heaven. There's a fake righteousness. There's a righteousness of our own, but there's a third one. These all three are bad. Number three, a righteousness based on human estimation of good. This is the most prolific righteousness in the world today. And I'll spend a bit more time here because it's very important we understand this because most of the world lives here. There's a fake one where people con people. There's the one where we're religious and we don't even know God, but we're observing laws and religions. But there's a, there's a righteousness based on human estimation of good. The one is a religious self-righteousness. Notice this, this one is a social self-righteousness. And people say, you need to be socially responsible. No, you need to be morally responsible before being socially responsible. Does that make sense, team? And you can, you can replace moral with social. No, no, it's not enough. Obviously, there's a social responsibility, but you first need to be morally responsible. And the world is trying to establish a social self-righteousness. In Judges, we read about this, and, and, and to describe today's world... Judges 17 says, in those days, there was no king, no authority in Israel. Everyone did what was right 
in his own eyes. So what people do today is they do what is currently righteous. Are you with me? And we try to show how good, how kind, how, how non-prejudicial, how non-racial we are. Not because we are actually kind in our hearts and care about other people, but it's trendy to be non-racial. Are you with me? And everyone jumps on it and says, yeah, that's a good cause. Of course it's a good cause, but we're using it to try and come across as righteous. We actually are hiding our prejudices in our heart. Are you with me? And so we have all these causes where people try and be righteous, you know, kind to animals, to the environment, you know. We're so environmentally conscious. We're pro-abortion. We're pro-gay. We're pro-recycling. We're pro-battery-powered car. We are so woken up to it all. Are you woke? Are you righteous? Are you, you, you know, when we were, when we were growing up in our, in our day, the hippie generation, are you with it, man? <laughs> Today it's called woke. And it's a form of righteousness to show how good we are. And guess what? You even have to do wrong to show you're right. So guess what? you anti-police. Why? That shows how right you are. The righteousness is actually against good. That's how distorted we are. It's quite scary, actually, and uh, it's a social righteousness. And here's the thing. It's righteous in today's world to kill babies. Why? Because it damages a woman's career, and it stops her opportunities. We kill children and call it righteousness. And anyone who doesn't agree with abortion is considered unrighteous. How weird is that? You see, it's a righteousness not just of our own. It's a righteousness of a human estimation of good. And people tell you it's unrighteous even today. They're starting to teach us on Netflix that it's unrighteous to eat meat. Why? Because animals give off gas and they're spoiling the ozone. And the more burgers you eat, the more you're damaging the planet. So you burger eaters, you are unrighteous. And if you drive a V8, you're unrighteous. Now, but here, here's the thing. But if you sleep around and you take someone else's wife, it's actually not unrighteous. You see, because we've made it social righteousness, not spiritual. And moral righteousness, moral righteousness is different from social righteousness. And today we've got a social righteousness that Christians jump on and then they realize afterwards they've made a mistake. Let me say this, black lives matter in America. People jumped on that last year, not realizing that that organization is actually anti-family, anti-Christian, anti-God, and then only to realize later, oh, hang on a minute, I was so woke in trying to go with the trend, I ended up having to withdraw and backpedal. Just stay in your lane where what God has taught us, we don't have to join the world's form of righteousness. I'll teach you in a moment how God wants us to operate and how he wants us to take our place in the world. Are you with me? And uh, today, if you, if you promote honesty and you promote God's righteousness, it's actually called hate speech. But the world considers that which is evil to be good speech. And uh, the greatest unrighteousness today is eating meat and carbon emissions. But they ignore adultery, abortion, corruption, and all the other things. And, uh, and it's always social, never moral. There's a, you know, people justify their behavior. There's a website, you might want to look at it, it's very interesting, it's called vice.com, and there's a, there's a guy who runs it called Nick Chester, 
and Nick writes about various people, and it's very interesting. He interviews people, and he was interviewing this former guy. He was a, he's a violent street robber, and uh, he used to commit fraud, and his name is Darren Armstrong. You can see him on screen here, and uh, he now runs a charity aimed at rehabilitating ex-offenders uh, and addicts. And this is what Darren says in his interview uh, with, uh, with Nick Chester. He says, with fraud, I was robbing big catalog, catalog firms. You know, he was stealing from catalog firms. And he said, this is what I said, they won't miss the money. When I did street robberies, I'd usually be off my head on butane gas. I'd see someone walking down the street with nice stuff and think, why should they have nice stuff when I've got nothing? I was homeless, full of hatred for society, and felt the system had let me down. I don't know if you've come across these people at the robot sometimes, but they glare at you, and they're hostile, and they, and they go like this. Why? Because they have a righteousness about them. You drive that kind of car, and here am I on the street. And if I actually rob you, I'm doing the right thing, because look how much you've got. That's where social self-righteousness has got us. The world is completely distorted, and people no longer take responsibility. And um, John, uh, John Bradshaw, he wrote a book called Healing the Shame That Binds. He made this statement. He said, condemning others as bad or sinful is a way to feel righteous. Then he says, such a feeling is a powerful mood alteration and can become highly addictive. You want to know why people on social media can't stop? It's because once you start calling out people and once you start coming across like this, it triggers actually chemicals in your brain and you can't stop doing it and you become like those pantyhose ladies. You become right in your own eyes even if you proved wrong. That's what's happening in our world and we've got to be careful as Christians we don't get caught up in this whole thing. You've got social justice warriors talking about how we need to help the poor, coming across as righteous, but they themselves give nothing personally, and at home they are angry, moody, and not nice people to live with. But on social media, they present themselves as these wonderful people. It's like politicians. You, we, we're always shocked when we find out how politicians actually live. You see people's marriages come out in court cases, and you think, oh, wow, because we are fooled into thinking that their public pronouncements of righteousness are really who they are. It's social righteousness, not true righteousness. Are you with me? Remember Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Hmm? And so we present ourselves and we come across as a good person, but actually we're not Brand Hansen in his book says this. He says, self-righteousness puts us under a heavy weight, but it doesn't stop there. It also makes us think our job is to help everyone else feel the weight. Self-righteousness means bearing weighty issues all the time. How many of you know there's a new religion in the world, and you know what it's called? Wokeness. And it's weighty matters that I'm carrying that I don't need to let you carry. Christians should not be called, caught up in that or called by that. These righteousness are not good. And I, I want to quote you a lengthy piece because there's a very important section here that I'm dealing with, and I'll get to the others, and we, we will get through this in time. But my, Dr. Michael Youssef has written a very good book. I'd encourage every Christian to read it, and it's called Hope for This Present Crisis. It was released recently. Some of our team have read it. And I want to read an extract from it because you need to understand what's going on in our world. 
And he says in the book here, wokeness is a religion. It has no God, but it has all the other trappings of a bullying, self-righteous, Pharisaic religion. It demands absolute faith and mindless obedience. It has creeds and dogmas that no one dares to violate. Its doctrines can change without warning. And any who don't get the memo will be stoned as heretics. People who transgress the rules of the wokeness religion may spend a lifetime atoning for their sin, but they'll never be forgiven. Wokeness is a religion without grace or mercy. Then he says, social justice warriors may be a relatively new phenomenon in America, but the world has seen the same madness seizing control of a nation before. Stay with me here. And he says, I refer to France in the late 18th century. Now listen to this. The French Revolution was one of the wokest events in history. The revolutionaries, led by a cult figure named Maximilian Robespierre, claimed they wanted to end the privilege of the aristocracy, guarantee human rights and women's rights, and dismantle the church. The French Revolution began with rioters beheading statues. The images of the 28 kings of Judah that were carved over the door of the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. He says in brackets, the ignorant mob thought they were French kings. But rioters soon went from beheading statues to beheading people. What began as a revolution quickly became a reign of terror, a bloodbath in which thousands died for the crime of being politically incorrect. Scary stuff. You'll remember, and it's happening again in our worlds, even in our own country, you remember how Lenin overthrew Stalin? And he overthrew Stalin, why? Because he wanted to bring about socialism and he wanted to share all the food and the farms and the produce. And so you know what he did in order to do it? He killed 10 million people in order to bring about that righteous system. Then when the righteous system was implemented, because it didn't work, 10 million people died of starvation. But he did it all in the name of political righteousness. The problem was he wasn't personally righteous. And we've got a social, we've got a, a, a social righteousness which is not moral righteousness and it's sweeping the world. And guess what? Christians are getting caught up in it when they shouldn't because it's not God's plan for our lives. It's amazing how we've got this thing wrong. You know, even if you look at business today, I, I watch the, all the business, read the business articles and so on, and business Christians are caught up in this. You know, I know of people who are in business who won't stay in a hotel. When they book a hotel, they want to find out how green it is. They want to read all the green credentials, and then if it's green enough, they'll stay there. However, that same person will have no hesitation sleeping with someone else's wife or cheating on a business deal. You see, it's, a, it's not the true righteousness. It's a righteousness of our own making, which is current and trendy, but it doesn't fit with God's plan. You see, here's the thing. We can never, ever be righteous enough because look at this diagram with me on the screen because this, this explains it today. Can, can you see we, we can never match up to God and, 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 and determine our own righteousness. It has to come from God what righteousness is. And it started in the Old Testament 
with the Ten Commandments. God's the one that tells us what's right, not us according to our different countries and our different cultures. And we could never ever establish, it's never bottom up, it's top down. And today people don't want top down, they want bottom up. You see, here's the thing. If you, if you have bottom up righteousness, you will never ever reach God's goodness because we all fall short of it. Notice here, you're self-righteous, you'll never reach God. Social righteousness, you'll never be good enough. Religion, you'll never ever get into heaven. And environmental concerns will never be good enough to please God. And you can be as kind as you like. You'll never match up to God's righteousness. We need the fifth or the fourth kind of righteousness. Number four, are you with me today? A righteousness that comes from God. And do you know the righteousness that comes from God is the only way to get into heaven? And if you look at this diagram here, you'll see that this righteousness comes from God. Now, not in the form of the Ten Commandments, but in the form of the gift of Jesus the Savior. Jesus the Savior is God's righteousness that he gives us because we can never earn it. No matter what we do, no matter what political system, no matter what religion, it'll either be fake, it'll be self-righteousness, it'll be a righteousness of the culture, a wokeness, but now we have this gift of righteousness. Isn't that wonderful? You can't earn it and you don't deserve it. It's what we call the great exchange. Jesus came and gave us his righteousness and took our sin. Wonderful thing, hey? Here's the thing. We are saints, but we ain't. We are saints, but we ain't. That's why you can point your finger at Christians. Why? Because they have the gift of righteousness. Just by trusting in Jesus, not by works, not by a system, not by environmental concerns of wokeness. No, just because we trust him, we get this gift. That's why Christians sometimes are slack, because they've been given the gift of righteousness by trusting in Jesus. Are you with me? And the church is constantly criticized. You Christians, you, you Christians go to church, but you do X, Y, Z. Yes, why? Because sometimes Christians stop at righteousness number four, the gift. And they only live there. And if you're a Christian that only lives in the gift of righteousness, you're falling short of one more important righteousness. And I'll talk about it in a moment. It's very important for us to understand this, and for some of you this is basic, but for many people, they've got themselves in a complete maze and, and, and of confusion over this matter. Notice Ephesians chapter 2 here and verse 8. Is this helping the team in the room? It's making sense? He says here, God saved you by His grace when you believe, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. 2 Corinthians 5.17. This means, it's almost as though you can continue reading. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. God looks at you differently. All this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we might be made right with God through Christ. E.W. Kenyon put it like this. He's the great author. He said, my righteousness is just as good as Jesus' righteousness because it is Jesus' righteousness. And so as Christians today, here's the wonderful thing. 
we have this what's called imputed or imparted righteousness because we believe in the person of Jesus. Yeah, but how come Christians do wrong? Well, how many of you know you can have children who are as naughty as heck, but they're still part of the family? That you, you know, many Christians think they're in, in the kingdom, out the kingdom, in the kingdom, out the kingdom. Today I was good, so I'm in the kingdom. Now I was bad, now I'm out the kingdom. I've had a bad week, I'm out. Now Sunday I come to church, I'm back in. No, no, when you're a child and you're naughty, you don't get kicked out of the house onto the street. You're naughty, go live on the street. When you're good, come back in. No, no, you give them hidings, you train them, you discipline them, but they belong to the family. Are you with me? And a Christian... Christian belongs to the family of God. No matter how bad they are, doesn't mean they must now just live in the gift, but they must understand the gift. And too many churches are focusing on this righteousness to the exclusion of others. Can you see how you can get this thing wrong? There are five of them, and there's not just four of them, there's five of them. And, and here's the thing. If you look at this diagram, you'll see Jesus' sacrifice, uh, it, it comes down from God, but it also takes the world up to God because it's the only thing that's good enough to make us right with God. And so we have to have it. But wait, number five. And you didn't think I'd get through it. But I did. Number five. Here's the fifth kind of righteousness that many Christians and many churches are missing. In fact, some churches only preach this one. A righteousness where we seek to please God. You see, the one saves you, the other one grows you. Are you with me? And many Christians are only focused on the gift of righteousness. Some churches only preach that to the exclusion of growing people. Others only preach this one to the exclusion of the gift. Can you see how we need to understand all five? There's a fake one. There's one that's our own, that's religious. There's one that's part of the culture. But then there's the gift. But then there's the righteousness that every day I determine to do right. Why? Because I want to please God. He saved me. I love him. And I'm part of his family. Remember when Jesus got baptized, what did he say to John the Baptist? He said, baptize me. And John the Baptist said, now how can I baptize you? And he said, do it to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, to do that which pleases God. Let me quickly read you a few verses here. Ephesians chapter 4, because here it tells us the true righteousness. It says in Ephesians 4, put on your new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. See, it's not fake. It's not one that tries to get into heaven. It's where you're now trying to please God. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So Christians have to be righteous and find out what pleases the Lord. Watch this. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Listen to me, not endorse them. The culture is telling you to endorse the fruitless works of self-righteousness. That's social righteousness. And then when you do, oh, it's hate speech. No, it's not. I'm pleasing him, not pleasing you. He gave me the gift of righteousness. Now I'm going to do whatever pleases him, even if it upsets the entire culture. Because God's righteousness is not man's righteousness. It's not self-righteousness. It's not confusing. It's not fake 
We need a biblical standard of righteousness. I'm nearly done here. Jessica Nichols wrote a book called God Loves Justice, and she said this, we need the Bible to find a unifying, God-centered, and gospel-centered expression of justice and righteousness that Christians can live out. See, we've got to do that which pleases God and find out what it says in the Bible. Quickly here, two more verses. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10. Sorry, three verses here. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord, watch, and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Can you see? We are not righteous so we get into heaven. We're righteous because we're part of the family and we want to do what pleases Him. And so it's important for a Christian to be righteous. Don't, don't be unrighteous, sleep around, have abortions, smoke dope, take cocaine. Oh, you know, I live in the grace of God. No, you're deluded. You're living in number four. There's a number five. There's the one that's imparted, then there's the one that grows you. Last verse here, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 9. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Not for salvation, watch, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Did you know that's not you're going to be judged whether you're good or bad. That's your good or bad works. And so we have to please the Lord. We will be one day receive rewards for our works. As Christians, let's live up to what God calls us to live. And let's make sure we have the righteousness of God in Christ. We, we believe. Pastor Wilma said this on Friday at Sisters. We believe. Then we belong to the family through the righteousness. Then we become through doing what pleases Him. That's why we need church. And so the big question as I close today is, these five types of righteousness, which one are you living in? Are you getting confused or are you living in number four and five? The one where it's a gift from God through your faith in Jesus and then you live as a Christian to do what pleases him. That's where we need to be today. Don't get caught up in fake righteousness where you pretend. Don't get caught up in a righteousness of your own which is religion where you don't have a relationship, where you think by being good and kind and doing religious practices that you're going to get to heaven. No. And don't follow social media and the causes in the world that appear to be so good. No, no, no. It's the gift, and then we do what pleases Him. And we are spiritually and morally righteous, not just socially righteous. Well, do your name today because, you know, without Jesus, you don't get into heaven. Sin spoils everything, and uh, sin damages everything, and our best deeds are not good enough to get us into heaven. You might be a good person watching me online today, and you say, you know, I'm a good person, you know, and I'm not caught up in all that, and I don't pretend, yes, but if you don't have Jesus, you have a self-righteousness of your own. It's what you decide is good enough. Now, you've got to believe in Jesus, then you get that gift of righteousness. And then when you get that, you're part of the family of God. And then when you live righteous, you're on your way to heaven and you're improving your world according to God's standards. Do you have that righteousness of Christ today? And you know what? In order to get it, you have to repent. You have to say, I turn from my own righteousness. I turn from religious righteousness and I turn from the culture's wokeness righteousness to Jesus' righteousness. You know, as I close today, Timothy McVeigh 
You may remember him. He was the, what was known as the Oklahoma bomber. He bombed that uh, uh, government building in Oklahoma way back in 1996, and he killed 168 people, including 19 children. And when they sat him down, he quoted that poem Invictus, uh, where, you know, I'm the captain and master of my own soul. And they asked him, you know, don't you feel sorry for what you've done? And he said, no, actually, I don't feel sorry for what I've done, you know. Um, I, I, he defended himself. And then he said this. He said, repentance is for little children. Well, what a profound statement. Jesus said, unless you become as little children, you'll never enter the kingdom. Because children listen to what you say. Children believe what you say, and they trust you. And guess what? Unless you believe what Jesus says, unless you trust his righteousness, you will never enter the kingdom. So you have to repent of your own righteousness and then embrace his. If you want to do that today online, and even as a Christian today, you say, you know what? I need to receive the gift and I need to do what pleases the Lord. That's where I want to live. Make that decision at home. But if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you must do it because his righteousness, it gives you access to heaven. Come now, if you want to do that today, pray with me as we close this service. Have you all been helped today in the room? I hope this has brought clarity today. And it's not one of those how-tos, but I do think it brings clarity and revelation as we study the Word. Come, let's pray together. Pray with me. Everyone in the room, let's help these people online. Let's pray like this. Thank you, Father, for the gift of Jesus, the gift of righteousness. We put our trust in Him today and no one else. We trust Him for righteousness for access to heaven, for salvation, and a new life. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my only Savior. I trust in you today, and I want to please you today, so I will belong to your church and grow in grace. And I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.